What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm solo tonight because... Our, my co-host, Dr. Peter Bolden, uh, couldn't make it, but I'm really excited that I have a very close friend of mine who's not a dentist, which is awesome, um, but she has a lot of value to bring. My good friend, Brittany Turner, on the uh, podcast tonight. Hello. I, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I know you're busy. And um, Brittany's uh, a nationally acclaimed speaker. She's got her own Wikipedia page, which is so badass. I was like, how do you get with <laughs> Thanks. And then, of course, um, the girl that I was talking to before was like, well, you have to be a badass to get one. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But Brittany's a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, philanthropist, and a friend of mine who we ha- I had the luxury, uh, pleasure and luxury of meeting her uh, with Sir Richard Branson on Necker Island the one week uh, that we spent together two years ago. That was awesome. That was so fun. It's an incredible environment where entrepreneurs who want to change the world come together and spend a week in paradise brainstorming and dreaming and concocting amazing plans on how we can change the world together. Yeah. And uh, to speak to that, I know that you're part of, or you founded BBI Stronger. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so I have loved and felt called to the BVI since 2014. Uh, I've been going down there and I explored buying property down there. So I spent a lot of early 2017 living in BVI part-time. And when the hurricanes hit, I was one of the first responders. Me, uh, was actually um, another person that works with me on Aerial Produced and my brother-in-law. I had to have a token guy because all hell was breaking loose down there. People were going nuts because there was no food or water and um, no communication. It looked like it looked like the whole country had been wiped out so bad that we thought everybody was dead. Um, with only 20,000 people living there, the British military arrived with 5,000 body bags because it looked so bad. So we ended up being uh, some of the first responders and snuck into the country to go look for my friend's bodies. Now, luckily, the hurricane hit during the day and only less than 10 people actually died. So it was not a high death rate, but it looked really rough. And um, when I went down there, I saw that Richard was using his, all of his resources to, uh, to really help the country during its darkest hour. And Larry Page uh, was using his helicopter to drop remote islands, you know, supplies. And so I looked at my life and said, what do I have that can be used as a force for good? And um, one of my companies, I have five, is called Aerial Produced. And so we decided to help the country recover um, in its greatest economic pillars, which is tourism by saying, here's where the country is getting back on track and how you can get involved in the recovery. So that's, that's what BVI Stronger is, is how can you use the most devastating thing that's ever happened to you in your life and use it for your good? How can you be stronger on the other side? Because their tagline used to be BVI Strong, now it's stronger. So. Oh, that's awesome. And then I kind of live by everywhere. I remember watching some of the early videos because you were just literally, I mean, how, how soon after the hurricane were you on the ground? I was, I was shocked that you were able to get there that quick. How well, there were no flights. Yeah, we actually snuck on one with CNN. <laughs> I really don't know yeah. why they let us on. And then uh, we had to sneak in the country. It was four days after. Yeah, I remember you being, 
I remember you being walking through, it's still raining, this, the weather hadn't really moved out. And I remember you like wading through um, like knee deep water. And I was, I was actually really nervous for you. I was like, what are you oh. doing out there? But, Looking um, back, you definitely should have been. We were way braver than we probably should have been at yeah. the time. Yeah. So, so that's so cool. And I know that you have a special relationship with Richard. I've, uh, Richard Branson, I was uh, witnessing that. It's awesome that you guys have that awesome uh, friendship. Uh, what, a, what a powerful person to be friends with. And not only a powerful person, but a kind and uh, humble individual. I mean, just being in his presence is transformational. You learn a lot about what a, what, what a leader could be. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Exactly what you just said. Being in his presence is transformational. And I put it out there into the world, like just talking to my friends and family that he's the only famous person I ever wanted to meet. And I was like, someday I'm going to be friends with him because <laughs> I know I started my business to actually, I wanted to be a missionary in Africa. And I started my business so that I could have my own money and nobody could tell me what to do. <laughs> and I could help as many people as I wanted to without having to have the sponsorship checks. And so, um, Anyway, uh, when I heard of this incredible billionaire that was using all of his businesses to change the world in some way and really helping people, um, I was just so motivated that there was somebody out there that would do something like that versus just be this corporate stuffy. You know, I thought that the future of business was cold, corporate and stuffy, and I didn't like that. And so I kept honestly self-sabotaging as I grew until I found somebody I was doing using everything in their life for good. And so I'm grateful to know him. I'm grateful that he's seen my heart and that we can join forces to, to do a lot of good in the world. But, but exactly what you were saying, it's so important who you hang out with. It oh, is yeah. so, it's so big. It doesn't matter if you're a dentist or um, a garbage guy. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, especially, this is hard. And most yeah, people don't understand. And you have to put in sacrifice. The whole world's telling you to have some balanced lifestyle when truly, if your business is the expression of your heart, you know, it's, you got to look at it as a creative flow versus something you have to cut off, you know, yeah. there's a matter of presence, being present in the moment, especially with your family, but also not having a grudge towards what you do. And he taught me that business is a creative expression of who you are. And it's the way that you can live your values and your impact is through the way you design your business. And so that's, to me, what business is. It's not like I show up and I leave and there's paperwork, blah, blah, blah. It's how can I change the world and use my business to do it? Well, you're also talking about a calling and uh, to quote the, the, you know, cause you and I are both Tony fans, but Tony talks about like being pulled towards something or being pushed mm -hmm. towards it. And when you're pulled towards it, you don't really run out of steam and you know, it's your calling. It's an expression of what you want to create for the world. And, and just to bring it back to Richard, I was, after that week, I was pretty sure that if he had lost everything, I mean, he did lose everything. He lost his home, his island was decimated. But I could tell, you know, when we were on, I don't remember that island where we were at, where we were having milkshakes or whatever. Yeah, Sab but, uh, Sabarak. Yeah, so I watched him talking to like this old, you know, sailor. And he, the guy looked like he was homeless, basically. He was just wearing a bathing suit and his son was so beat down. He looked like he had leather for skin. And Richard and him are just talking and I could just sense this ease about Richard that if he had lost everything, all of his companies, all of his money, this guy wouldn't be affected at all. He really wouldn't. He is the epitome of he's at a happy space and it's not because of what he has or what he owns or what he's done. 
He's just happy because he's living life in his own terms. And it's just really beautiful. And the funny thing is, is when you feel that way and you're operating that space, you tend to even do better. So when it's you don't. crazy you say that. I mean, it's almost been the theme for this year for me is, I mean, I was trying to ramp it up um, and I just went to another Tony conference in December. But when you, I think true success is being able to have joy in your soul, regardless of your external circumstance. And, you know, instead of, oh, you know, I'm a very motivated person and I'm motivated to help people. And I, I actually feel this burden every day that if I'm not doing this stuff, then kids are going to die because I have the ability to help them. And so it's this tremendous pressure, even though it comes from a good place. But my new filter for just going through life isn't just having this goal in front of me. It's actually how can I find more of God's beauty in every moment as I'm going through life. And then secondary, my goals are there, but they're not my first filter. If that yes. makes sense. Yeah, that's that. that. Yeah, when I'm looking for that, I'm literally, I mean, I had some crap hit the fan today and I was like, what is God's beauty in this moment? And, and the beauty was, we get to be more organized. Like, <laughs> I yeah. get to train this person on how to be better at paperwork and then I won't have to worry about it anymore. And then I can go out of the country even more because the beauty in this moment is we get to see where the holes are. And so in, in, I really do have a joy that I've never had because cool. I'm thinking that way. And was this program that you did in December, was that Date with Destiny you're talking that about? That was Date with Destiny. I love Date with Destiny. It's my yeah. second year going. It's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not a Tony plug, but, um, I, you know, obviously we, t we don't take any sponsors on the, on the show whatsoever, but. No, but you should uh, totally go. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you got two Tony fans here. My, my co-host Peter would be rolling his eyes right now, but, um, you know, what, a, what an investment in your life and your well-being. Um, you know, as dentists, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to go through courses and schooling and you know there's no real life training that goes along in dental school and, and no, there's no life training that happens really for any of us and we all drank the kool-aid on this bullshit that if we just have this or just did that then we'd be happy and that's total and complete bullshit because we all know that you get i mean look at you i'm looking at your awards and nominations and not to discredit them but on your wikipedia page you got the 30 under 30 award from the cystic fibrosis the council for women in the workforce the ernst and young entrepreneurial winning women glamour magazine hometown hero enterprising woman magazine and it can go on and on national business journal national association women in real estate business that won't lead to fulfillment it you know it won't achievement and, and achievement and fulfillment are not always related but we all especially in the western world in america even more so we drank this bullshit kool-aid that says if i just get this one award and i just get this much money then i'll be happy and richard you know to bring it to that experience the one palpable thing is i'm like i know for shit sure if he lost everything that guy's cool like he, he is cool yes i mean not cool like cools and you're cool he's just good like, you know, I don't know if I'm at that level. If I, if everything disappeared for me, I, I might need some help. I don't think he'll need help. I really don't. I think his being is happy and content. And Tony, by the way, is really like that too. Tony went through, uh, you know, he's a constant student uh, and life mastery himself. And he's got really good teachers around him and he's got a very joyful being. And, and, and I, 
I've seen him in very uncomfortable positions. I'm his dentist. So I know that he's <laughs> truly like, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's in their core, uh, core joyful state when they're in the dentist, but right. he's filled with joy. Well, that was such an important thing for me. It's literally, if the focus is how, if every day, all I focus on is finding more of God's beauty in this moment, then my gosh, I'm going to be fulfilled every single moment. And instead of having to accomplish this or this person do what I need them to do, or now I'm stabbed in the back. It's like, man, yeah, I'm finding the beauty in the moment. And then everything else is secondary. I really can't express. I think I've, I've really do have reached what Richard's got and what Tony's got. And it's, I don't really know how to explain it except for you're existing outside of that circumstance. You have joy inside because every day you're going to have such a great excuse for being miserable or pissed or guilty or upset. And freaking real estate development is so stressful. Being a bootstrapped entrepreneur is very difficult. I mean, I started my business living in my car and working for free. And I'm a female in the South at 21 years old in the construction industry. Nobody believed in me, okay, for a long time. And I just had to learn to be joyful because so many things go wrong, especially in construction. And so it's like, I'm going to be happy on the inside and everything else will be figured out. Everything. Yeah, and I think it begs some mention too is like you've had to reinvent yourself. So I imagine, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine the 21-year-old Brittany living in her car kind of has a chip on her shoulder, like, you know, F you every world, I'm going to show you what I got. You know, there's something that motivated you, right? I actually do want to speak to that because that is what motivates most people. And to arrive, not a jaded, angry person at the top, I didn't take that approach. I wanted to take that approach. And that is a big motivator for people. But for me, I remembered this little girl who I met at 17 years old. You know, I met, I was in Costa Rica, I was actually on a mission trip, and um, I met a little girl that was sexually abused as an infant, and her vocal cords were destroyed, and she couldn't speak. She was now eight years old. And when I found out that this had happened to her, of course, I was so upset. But then when I realized that one out of every four babies in this village were dying from fathers breaking in their kids... I was so upset because they were just a plaything. Like this was a normal thing. And, and I realized I had, I had to figure out a way to change this society of thinking that a child or a woman is your plaything. Like how do I create value around that? And so instead of being angry when people don't believe in me, I look at them and I'm like, I probably don't won't remember your name. Like where were you when I got on my knees and asked God for the vision on how you actually changed this? Like, where were you when I decided what my why was? You're not going to be standing at the pearly gates accountable for my life. You're not going to be there. I won't remember you. You have nothing to do with my potential. Nothing. And so whether you believe in me or not is not going to be my motivation. My motivation comes from within and what I want to do with my one chance on earth. And I'm going to be intentional with that. Whether you believe me today or tomorrow, you're saying how you met me. It doesn't matter. Like, so that, that to me has allowed me to have a different, I don't have bitterness inside, you know, and I'm, I don't That's operate awesome. off, uh, off that anger. I really don't. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs are very motivated, but they're so angry. So I want to encourage you to figure out your why on your own and then realize that people come in and out of your life. 
And yeah. people don't believe you because you're trying to do something that hasn't been done or that they can't do. And I think there's bear some mention to, uh, you know, while you're talking, that was beautiful. And I kept thinking of the same, this quote, if you live by people's praise, you'll die by their criticism. And um, I had a personal conversation um, re- recently with somebody and he was, he's a very influential person. And he says, you know, you're just a symbol. People are symbols. And um, some people get very angry at symbols. Symbols enrage people. Like the swastika could enrage people and people love symbols like the cross or like equality or whatever. And it's not for you to take anything personally, your praise or your criticism. It's, it's not about you. It's about what you re- represent to them. And you mm. represent to some people something very different. And I, and I want to talk about in the, in the age of Instagram, everybody's an entrepreneur now. Everybody's an, I mean, not to quote mm. Gary Vee, yeah. but the entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, the entrepreneurs, I like that. But, but also in dentistry, it's pervasive as well because like people are posting, you know, these patients and that this is what they get to do. And there's this large case. It would be the equivalent of you like bragging about like, just closed, you know, $50 million project today. It's not really serving anybody but your own ego. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are feeling inadequate. And uh, even though they're successful and they're living life by their own design, there is this understanding that I have to live Dr. So-and-so's life. Like I'll be, or, you know, you've only made it when you can, you know, have a hundred thousand followers and have this and that. And so people are looking for like, what do I, what am I supposed to do? And my message to people is always follow your dream. And there's no right and wrong when it's your dream, as long as it makes you happy and it leads you to fulfillment. You know, there's a lot of millionaires and there's billionaires that off themselves because they're miserable. So you you have to do what makes you happy. And uh, there's just a lot of pressure, I think, more than ever, especially with social media, that you you could feel like a failure even if you're successful on your own terms. You could. Oh, my gosh. So easy to feel like a failure because it's what do you what is the specific image that you say is success? I mean, I truly have felt like a failure every day for 12 years, no matter if I won sixth fastest growing woman owned company in the world by Forbes magazine and fortune number three in the US, who cares? I felt like a failure because I had a very specific image of what I wanted my life to look like. And if I wasn't fitting that blueprint, yeah, the blueprint. I'm happy, I know. And so uh, to be honest with you, like I'm not above it. Everybody needs to work on their own brain. Tony Robbins is great. I, he doesn't even know I exist, but, um, when, you know, you've got to take the time to figure out what matters. And I teach classes actually now. I do this for my family. I do it for everybody that I love. It's we're going to sit down and write our eulogy because writing your eulogy is the greatest filter to know what is the most important thing because at the end of your life, maybe learning Spanish wasn't the most important thing. So stop feeling like a failure. You didn't learn it. You know, what did matter? And that is the greatest filter. So from there, we then back into what do I need to focus on today to make those statements true? Somebody made me do this when I was 18 years old. And that is why I'm on the path I am right now. I realized at 18, I wasn't doing anything to make those statements true. And so I was like, I got to get my crap together because you don't know when you're going to die. And so Knowing you have one chance in life, being intentional, realizing what matters and focusing on that every day allows you to have a joy that makes life worth living. Yeah. And it's a daily practice too. I mean, I know we know each other well and we shared our own personal stories of trials and tribulations and it it isn't easy. I mean, for a while I was like, I wanted to get in 
like significantly better physical condition. I'd always meet these really, you know, physically fit women and men. I know you're really into fitness and you're physically fit, but I would always ask them like, Hey, Hey buddy, or, you know, how often do you work out? Hoping that they'd tell me like it's once a week, but they like drink celery juice and that shit's easy. Yeah. And it's always like, well, why do you ask? I'm like, I was just curious, like seven or eight days a week or, you know, seven or eight times a week or whatever. I'm like, damn it. There's no secret. <laughs> you actually have to put the work in. And it's the same thing with your, your yeah. life training. I mean, the, the mind is a really bad place. It will always find what's going wrong. Left, un, right. left unchecked, yes. your default as a human being is to get miserable and find everything going wrong in your life because mm -hmm. it keeps you alive. Um, so, you know, I recognize that all the greats have – daily practices or you know massive activities that they do to keep themselves positive keeping it's keeping yourself awake it's keeping yourself positive keeping yourself aware of what matters because i think the fastest way to get knocked out of the game is to fall asleep and that's by being too tired or too insecure to figure out what it is that you need to do to actually live up to your potential and for me i actually dummy proofed it for myself so i'm not above i have i have a freaking vision board because life is hard. And if I don't keep what's important in front of me, I will forget because especially when you're running five companies and a nonprofit and you're in and out of the country, like doing relief work every month, it's so easy to get distracted. And so, um, with the fires, it's so easy as an entrepreneur to get distracted with the fires. And then all you do is fires. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I'm outsourcing to my staff, all the fun stuff and I'm yeah. just dealing with the fires. So for me, I, this is one of the best things I think I've done. I wrote out what is the best Brittany look like on a daily basis? Like, who is she? What does she act like? What are the five things that I have to engage in to be that Brittany? And then what are the five things that if I engage in them, I get knocked out of the game? So for example, number one for me is insecurity. Um, everybody deals with it. Maybe I deal with it more than anybody else. But if I continue to engage in that, and if I let that feeling drive me, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now because I wouldn't feel like I'm good enough to do this talk because everything's not perfect in my life or I'm not blah, blah, blah. And I think women really deal with this a lot. So number one, I'm aware, hey, insecurity is the number one attack on my life. So I'm just not going to give into that. I literally have it up in front of my board every day. And, you know, number two or three is like, eating bad and not working out. If I eat bad, then I'm going to feel like crap and I won't feel like putting myself out there. I won't be able to think at the level I need to, to make the decisions I need to. I won't want to go be in front of people because I'll feel gross. You know, I, I it'll increase my insecurity. And so, and like number five is having a bad personal network, you know, allowing the wrong people in because I feel like getting away and not having meaningful conversations, which is rare, but when it does, it's like keeping the wrong people around me right now I've been hanging out with some of the most incredible people I've ever met. And it's just changed everything. So I'm hanging out with them all the time now. And it's so fun because they would never engage in the worst you like, yeah, they won't let you do it. No, you, you just eat healthy because it's what you do. <laughs> like, yeah. of course you work out. No, you don't, you know, talk negative about people. Of they would vote you off the island if you did yeah, that. Yeah. And so I love having that standard around me because I try to hold everybody else to that too. Just, I just don't want to engage in it. And it's hard when you come from nothing or you, you're changing your life. If you're ever leveling up, you are going to be different than whatever's around you. So lead by example, but there's so much power in just your own mindset by who you hang out with more than ever. Cause I'm just finally hanging out with people. I, that are just so much farther than me in mindset wise. It's been really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, 
And it's hard because a lot of, you know, younger people like you and, and probably our listeners, it, it, you, you almost, there, there's a, you have to leave some people behind, unfortunately. And I don't mean that in, in a way that you're, 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 you just have to be discriminating with your time. Yes. I think it's discriminating. You have to, it, it, there's, there's people that actually don't want you to succeed. Some of the people you grew up with, some of the, even some of the people in your family who love you very much don't right. want to see you change. And it's not that they want something bad for you. It's right. just that change for many people is uncomfortable. So it's, it's an interesting thing that even people that love you could, uh, could, could not want you to advance for their own insecurities. You know, your, well, mom, back to what you said, your, your mom could want that. Your mom could be like, oh, I miss the old Brittany. Or, you know, your mom loves you. She wants the best thing for you. But in fact, you know, your advancement could make her feel insecure as well. Right. And a lot of it is just the unknown, you know, and it goes back to the way your brain is wired, like you said. So, um, and I actually recently gave this advice and I thought it was really good because people were like, I don't have access to, to hanging out with those high level people. Guess what? Neither did I. So if you can't hang out with them, follow them. If you're going to be on Instagram, follow somebody inspiring, get motivated, do the quotes, figure out who do you want to be like, and how do you follow their life so that you can model what you should apply? Now, just because you're following somebody and you like parts of them doesn't mean you apply everything. You yeah, it's it's easier now than ever though, Brittany. I mean, when I was your age, we had nothing. We mm -hmm. carved on stone tablets when I was your age. Oh, I remember that. Yes, you, you showed me pictures. But, no, well, but they I'll, were sketches. Yeah, so. but like even, even a podcast like this and you know, that you can see what other people are doing and, and seeing the work that they're putting in. Um, this is, this is just so powerful that there's so much free stuff oh, now. Oh, thank God. There's no excuse. I mean, amazing no. what you can get in the mind of. Like, you can hang out with Craig, and you could never afford to hang out with Craig. You could <laughs> never afford that. to just get a lunch with Craig and hear his mindset, but you can listen to him every week or however often you do these. Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible what you have access to, the great minds that are around us, the books, the podcasts, the YouTube. In my darkest days, my best trick, number one, best trick, listen to a cheesy motivational video on YouTube. I don't give a crap if it's cheesy. It's fixing my brain. Yeah. Your brain can get so disrupted. It is so easy to get stressed out when you're dealing with millions and millions and millions of dollars and problems that come along with it. People hurting you, people you adore leaving, like people you believed in. It's very difficult to emotionally stay on track. And so you have to surround your brain with the way it needs to think. You're just going to have to flood it, turn open that floodgate of positivity and figure out what matters. So that's, that's what I do. That's my, it's also, it's also humbling to know that the greats all have get their butt kicked too. Oh my you gosh. Know, you look at everybody goes through their own stuff and I, I think it's, it's humbling and, and to recognize where we all have to go through it. And it's, it's what's your tolerance, what's your tolerance for risk? What's your tolerance for adversity? I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've been, you know, even when, when we, we watched uh, Richard, Richard in the island, I remember he would wake up at like 5.30 and start his tennis game. And Tony jumps in a 52-degree cold, uh, degree cold plunge every morning. I can't even mm -hmm. freaking do that. I've been in his house and watched him and be like, I can't 52? live. I thought it was 62. Ooh, 52. No, it's 52. It's freezing. No, no. And, I mean, these guys are being no. rewarded in public for what they do, you know, in, in, in private. private. Yes. You know what? So I was accepting one of the biggest awards I ever won. I had no clue I was going to win this award. It was like the top hundred uh, fastest growing companies in the U.S. And uh, we got down to number three. I thought we just, I don't know wow. what we I did. I had no idea that I would even be on that list. Congrats. And I was walking across the stage and 
God gave me this really specific picture and he showed me terrified on this crappy little couch at three in the morning at 21 years old. And I was working every night till three in the morning from six till three, six till three and 6am till three in the morning. And, and nobody ever knew I was doing that. Nobody would ever guess I had to put in that much work. And, but I was so faithful with it. It was like exactly what you just said, what you do in the dark, you get rewarded for in the light or punished for in the light. So be careful. But, uh, but yes, I mean, it's so interesting how, because there's just not that many people, in my opinion, that are taking the time to focus and put in the work that when you do, it might be years later, but it, it will come out. It will come out what you're doing. And so I want to encourage you if you're feeling like, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, one, don't do it for other people. Do it for you. That's so important that you just said that, by the way. But your excellence will, it will come out eventually. Just give things time. And that as a millennial, as an impatient millennial, uh, we don't want to hear things take time, but you have your whole life. Stop thinking that you need to post about it right now. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. But I think that when you're doing it for other people, and I'm the victim of this because I'm a pleaser, I want to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And being a pleaser, it's really not about them. It's actually about you because you want to be liked for what you do. So it's even under the guise of helping people, if you're helping people for you, it's, it's, you're not really, you're not loving them. You're kind of, you know, doing business. It's still selfish, right? It's selfish. So getting your motives straight is so important and and why you want to do something. That's what leads to fulfillment. If you have the wrong reasons, there's a great equalizer at the end. When you get the reward, you'll feel inauthentic and you'll Mm. feel good. So you got to get your, you got to get your why down. I know we hit on that a bunch of times. It's funny because when my, my, co-host is on the podcast and Peter, uh, everybody knows Peter because we have such a yin and yang. We're just calling each other out. But it, it you know, I, I think it's just, it is, I always talk about the why and it, I know it's so overdone, but it's so underused. It's so underused because people are pursuing goals that they think are going to make them happy, but they haven't really spent the time to, see, to think why it's going to make them happy or what right. they want. Does it sound good or does it actually mean something? Yeah. And I have people calling me saying, Hey, what should I do? Should I open up 10 dental practices? Should I open up one? What's the best model to make the most money? I'm like, if money's your motivator, Ugh. that's the shittiest motivator ever. You'll I get just, it. But I just ask them why a million times. Yeah. Who cares? And the funny thing is, is it eventually runs out. I remember a conversation with the dentist. He's like, I want to sell. I'm like, and then what? He's like, what do you mean? And then what? I'm like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'll have $20 million. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do with it? What do you mean? I never, I guess I'm going to go on a boat and drink champagne and have models all around me. I'm like, for how long? Like, well, I didn't really think about it. I guess like, I don't know, a month or two. I'm like, okay, then what? Yeah. He's like, um, I don't know. And this is a guy who's very influential in my space and lectures to people. So, I mean, getting everything you wanted or ever wished for and being unhappy is probably, you know, one of the biggest curses you could ever su- survive. So, I don't know. And that's why people that win the lottery are also not happy after a while. I was reading a really good article, by the way. I know we're getting tangential, but, and, and, but uh, there, there was a really cool, have you read the book, The Subtle Art yet? The Subtle Art, Not Giving a F. Oh, no. You know what? But I've heard good things. Yeah. So Mark Manson wrote it and it's just phenomenal. You've got to get the audible. It's so good. And for those listening, you got to listen to it. Uh, but Mark Manson just basically says that happiness is not the destination. It's in solving problems. So you procure problems in order to be happy. But he also did some research and he says that people tend to always be at a seven from one to 10 on the happiness scale, 10 being the most happy, one being miserable. 
And no matter what, you hit the lottery, you go to a nine or a 10, and then you settle back down to a seven. And then someone dies, you go to a two or a one, and then you come back to, to a seven. So there's just this yearning. Um, and, and I think we have it worse in Western society, specifically in America, because we have such access to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go down to the places that you, you visit in Costa Rica and you spend time with orphans and they're smiling and they're dirty and they're happy and they have a stick to play with. And our kids and our friends have, you know, five cars and toys everywhere and they're miserable. Yeah. There's something to learn there. And um, right. there's something to learn that it's not just the stuff that makes you happy. So uh, when people look at you as a successful entrepreneur and with all the five different companies, they want to be just like you because they think that's going to make you happy. Or they look at me and they say, I want to practice just like yours and don't hijack someone else's dream. Do it, do it, what makes you happy and do it for your own reasons. And yeah. Cause you're, everybody's called to do something different. And I don't know if anybody really knew what it takes. I don't know of anybody that would want to switch places with me. This is freaking hard, but I can do it because it always goes back to what I really want to do. And if it didn't, there's no freaking way I'd do with this. If this was about money. I can live less. I can live with less. But in my life, everything has to point to helping people and getting to that end goal of, you know, I want to develop nations. That's what I want to do. I want to, I want to wipe out poverty at its root. I want to end human trafficking, at least in the, the way that parents have to sell their kids because they have no other opportunity. And how do you, how do you develop nations? How do you do this stuff? It's by, you know, well, how do you end poverty? It's by creating jobs in hopeless places, you know, getting that kind of attraction. For me, I've seen how real estate development can do that if done strategically. And I've seen how media and production can change the image online of an area and give people the excitement of understanding there's a vision for this place, you know, without a vision, the people perish. And so how can we say there is a reason you should believe in this area? And so that's why I have those two companies. And for me, everything I do is just practice to get there. I know I can do it. I know I can figure this out because I could have been that little girl. I could have been any of those little girls. And I have so much access to resources here just because of where I live in the world that for me, I want to do something about it. And, and the new changes, not being so stressed in the process or upset in the process or really counting on humans to follow through in the process. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is almost like you have to look at life as a video game and you get to play this game and, and so don't stress out about it because whatever it is, you'll figure it out and you'll get through it. And the, the biggest time that it matters the most is when you so care about human affirmation and you kind of have to care, especially when you have investors and you kind of have to care when you're a leader and you're the one having to tell people the plan and the plan changes all the time. So that's, that's when I found it to be specifically difficult but I'm also pretty transparent, like, I don't know, but I can tell you we're going to figure it out. And the plan yeah. changed, but we're still going to figure it out. And so I just encourage you to, to not get so stressed, but to trust that you've lived through everything you've gone through so far. And so worst case scenario, you have a great story on the other side, because when it comes time to making a decision, you're going to do the right thing. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true to form, unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises, and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist, and it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks, friends.
Well, I mean, if anybody can do all that they that you just said, uh, I believe it's you. Um, and to have accomplished what you've accomplished by by thirty, it's just mind-boggling. So, um, kudos to you, and um, and also just for doing all that work. Because I know um, at times we lose hope and we lose our north star and our why of why we're doing things. And you've persisted through so many iterations of development of yourself, and I've been a witness to a lot of it. It's really cool to consider you my friend and. And to watch you. Um, any way we can help, this audience can help. I know we can get in touch with you via BrittanyTurner.com. We're going to put you in the show notes. But what specifically can my crew do? Because um, you know these are a bunch of dentists, and dental care is one of the biggest reasons why kids don't uh, miss school and go to the hospital, untreated dental disease, and stuff like that. Is there anything that you can think of that we could do together? You know what we've done. So I'm actually not super pro nonprofit. I try to solve social issues through um, through business, you know, because I just don't like asking for money. But, uh, and I like to say that business can be the greatest force for change there is. But that being said, I have a new nonprofit, but it's more like a club. And so it's called Aerial Global Community. And it's a community of people who are dreamers, donors, and doers that come together to solve world issues. And so maybe it's a trip to Africa and we're like, we need Dennis. And, um, or it's, you know, we're, we're bringing solar to the BVI. And so basically we have different um, initiatives every year and they're in different countries and people who join the community can find their passion and basically their pick trips or ways to get involved in different things. And so the biggest way you can help it, or if you want to get involved is join the community and we're just going to put out there what the opportunities are to get involved in different things. And then would we as a group who want to see things sustainably getting done and give hand up, not hand out opportunities to people um, can come together and get that done. So that's, that's the fun new way that I'm collaborating with people who have amazing hearts. And how do we find that? Just so I can put it in the show notes. Where, is there a website there, for that? Yeah, there's a website, Aerial Global Community. Yeah, you can just literally sign up and say how you want to be involved. Cool. Yeah, so I have oh, my... Sorry, my... it's aerial develop, uh, sorry, aerialglobalcommunity.org. Perfect. Okay, we'll get it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, really appreciate your time today. I think that was really valuable. Um, a lot of the listeners are more closer to your generation than mine and... Um, I think it just goes to show that there's, there's no overnight success, even though you are an overnight success. It takes 20 years sometimes to become an overnight success. You know, I put in my 20 years of what normally would take people 20 years. I just did 18 to 21 hours a day for the first seven years. So if you actually look at hours in, that's how I got my 20 years in, in a shorter period of time. So yeah. I just encourage you all, you know, focus, find those people you want to be like, listen to them, follow Craig. He's incredible. He's incredible when he's off the podcast. He's incredible when it's just one-on-one -on -one conversations. And he taught me the Tony Robbins cry. Oh, I, I, yeah. You're, someone was just talking to me about that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Can we say that? Can we say what it is really quick? Yeah. I, I forgot. This is like two years ago, right? Oh, we talked so about this. You forgot it? Oh, do I need to say what it is? I've taught every woman in my life this cry. It's so oh, good. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't teach it. I just pointed it out, right? Go ahead. What it was amazing. No. Okay. So basically, Craig watched me uh, speak and I fell apart. Oh, that's right. Very right, right, deeply. Right. Yeah. Yes. I was like crying and I was like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was just a slobbery mess. Like most people are a very ugly crier. And then he goes, here's the deal. Your story was powerful. 
you got to learn the Tony Robbins cry. I was like, all right, what's, the, what's that? And so he goes, when you cry, you stand there and you let those tears roll down your face and you don't wipe them away. And I was like, by God, you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been practicing you. for two years, the Tony Robbins cry, and it doesn't work with snot. You should wipe that away. Yeah. Not the tears. Because when you're talking, you project the snot. And yeah. Then... Just try to keep that snot back. But uh, let the tears roll, people, and wear waterproof mascara, ladies. Yeah. There There's a, f- a great saying, by the way. I'm so happy you mentioned that. I do remember that you were telling that uh, you just stand up straight or put your shoulders back and let it cry and uh, let it, let it flow. I heard someone say that um, water coming from your eyes is one of the only places where water can come out of your body and have it be appropriate in a public space. So the only place that you can leak <laughs> water from is your eyes. So let it go. It's okay. Everybody cries. It's okay. It's a sign of strength as long as you're doing it for the right reason. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Craig. I had a lot of fun catching up with you. And thanks for teaching me everything that you have taught me. You've been an inspiration in my life. And I hope you you. keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Brittany. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, here in January. I definitely stop by. I'll see you. Awesome. And thanks for your time today. And everybody that wants to get in touch, we'll put uh, Brittany's Turner's information in our show notes. uh, notes. And once again, Brittany, it was awesome. Exactly what I thought it would be. It provided massive, massive value. And keep doing what you're doing. You're an inspiration to all of us. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Cool. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, it massively helps us create awareness if you would take five seconds and leave us a review in iTunes. Also, stay in touch with our updates and such by just texting the word Bulletproof, all one word, to 345-345. We promise not to bombard you with spam texts or anything, but it will help update you on special opportunities for our listeners, as well as even info on the upcoming Bulletproof Summit 2019. Again, that's the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great day.